If you're looking for trouble, you've come to the right place. This is The Danger Zone. Welcome to The Danger Zone on Money Life, where we get the latest take from David Trainer and the crew at New Constructs. David is founder and president at New Constructs, and he basically developed their way of analyzing securities, which digs in at the footnotes level and works its way back up. It's looking for things that might be misleading. It is discounted cash flow analysis meets forensic accounting. And when you put it all together, what you're looking for is maybe the picture you see from the top down is not quite accurate. If it works for you, in other words, the picture looks bleak and the situation's better, that would make something attractive. But here on the danger zone, we're looking for trouble. And that means things that are misleading that work against you. Want to learn more about it? Go to newconstructs.com. David Trainer, great to have you back on Money Life. It is great to be back, Chuck. Thank you. Who's in the danger zone this week? Investors who overlook macro fundamentals. Danger, danger. Investors who overlook macro fundamentals. Now, macro fundamentals by itself is an interesting concept because you think macro, you're thinking big picture, you're thinking fundamentals, you're digging in at the bottom. But for you, macro fundamentals are really about sectors and areas that say, hey, I got a company, it's in this business, how well can it do, right? Yes. No, you make a great point, Chuck. Typically, fundamental work, because it's so labor-intensive, good fundamental work is so labor-intensive, folks can do it for maybe one or two or a handful of companies at best. Because of our technology and new constructs, we're able to do this on over 3,000, I think 3,500 stocks now and growing. Uh, we can take those individual company models and aggregate them into models that help us get a model for the S&P 500 based on best-in-class fundamentals, right? So we're giving folks an unrivaled and unprecedented view into things like free cash flow, return on invested capital, price to economic book value, all the things we talk about on your show all the time about individual companies, we'll give you for the S&P 500 and all the sectors. And what we found in our recent review of this work, we just published a series of reports on all those metrics for all the sectors in the S&P 500, is that there's some very different sector trends when you look beneath the surface. At the S&P 500 level, things don't look like they're changing that much. It looks pretty steady eddy. But when you peel back the layer, some sectors are doing great. Some sectors are doing terrible. And it's a really fascinating trend to see how different things can look at the sector level. And of course, we know at the company level, as we talk about all the time, you know, last week we had an attractive stock. We were talking about dangerous stocks. It's even more diverse, but it's um, it's really an interesting take to see that not all sectors are doing as well as other sectors. Okay, so let's dig in. What are the highest rated sectors? What are the lowest rated sectors? The top rated sector is energy. All right, the, the cash flows and the valuation are looking best. The worst rated sector is the real estate or the REIT sector, where it's looked expensive for a while and cash flows are headed down. ROIC is down 16 basis points quarter over quarter. Free cash flow yield is down to negative 3.4%. And the price to economic book value ratio is really high up at 7.1, which is you know super high. So profits are on the down, down low uh, and valuation remains really high for the real estate sector. Whereas at the energy sector, we're seeing great profits and still a really cheap valuation. What this also means is that if you're telling me that the energy sector looks good, is that 
I'm much more likely to find attractive or very attractive stocks there. If I'm looking at real estate, I'm much more likely to find dangerous stocks, right? For the most part, it can depend. Depends sometimes on how many super big stocks are influencing the sectors. Like for the, for the tech sector, right, the earnings and cash flows look great. That's because four or five companies drive about 70% of the earnings for the tech sector. And most of those stocks are really expensive. So that makes the tech sector a little bit funny. It looks really profitable, even though a lot of unprofitable companies are in that sector. But yes, in general, Chuck, you want to be fishing in the sector ponds that overall look good. And you want to probably be avoiding the ponds where things are really expensive and don't look good. You guys do analysis of mutual funds. So if I'm layering this on, am I looking to say, let me go get an energy sector fund, or am I looking at this going, let me just go buy one or two energy stocks? And oh, by the way, would you have a recommendation on here's the energy sector fund that we like best, or if it's individual stocks, here's the individual energy stocks we like best? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and we provide both for people. So if you want to do individual stocks by sector, of course, you know, we do that. And then we have ratings on all the sector ETFs and mutual funds as well. I definitely recommend if you're just looking for sector exposure, definitely go with an ETF, not a mutual fund. There's no need to pay the extra fees. And we actually publish on a quarterly basis, the best and worst ETFs and mutual fund for every sector. And those reports are out, I think just a few weeks ago. Today, I have pulled together some of the best and worst stocks, the best stocks in the energy sector that we like, and some of the real estate stocks that we don't like. What are the ones, the, the top names coming from the top sector? Those who follow our research know that we've written up on a, we've written up a bunch of energy stocks in the last year or two, and those have done extremely well in our, on our focus list and in, our, in all of our model portfolios. But a couple of stocks I'd want to bring up that we've written about, EOG Resources, ticker EOG, and Total Energies, ticker TTE. Those are two, two really good looking stocks. And the flip side of it, two things in real estate, well, it doesn't have to be two, it could be more or less, but things in real estate that you'd want to avoid. I got two for you. Uh, Equinix, ticker EQIX, and Digital Realty Trust, ticker DLR. And again, how much of what you're avoiding, because it was macro fundamentals, right? So how much of what you're avoiding in those, or how much of what you like in EOG and Total is caused by the macro as opposed to just the micro on the company? Uh, I think what we're um, pointing out here so, isn't so much our outlook on a sector, Chuck, is what, but it's more to really give people a sense of what's happened at the sector level. And it's a little bit less about outlook. That said, our outlook on the energy sector is way more bullish than it is on the real estate sector. So we're not necessarily projecting as much on our sector work, though we do have valuation metrics like free cash flow yield and price to economic book value provided for our clients at the sector level. So you can see which sectors look the cheapest and most expensive. But in some ways, the historical financials we're tracking for these two sectors match pretty well with what people are seeing in the marketplace, right? We know real estate's in trouble. And when we're looking at real estate, at a sector level and in the stock market, it's almost all commercial real estate, right? There's no like residential real estate REITs. <laughs> uh, there, we're, we may be getting some with these institutions buying up a bunch of single family homes. It's a different matter. You got some apartments, 
companies in there, but but really, I think the market cap is for this sector is really owned mostly by commercial real estate, and we all know that that's in trouble, right? We had an overbuild, and and you read all over the place why how that's in trouble. Uh, on the energy sector side, you know we've we've heard a lot about how energy you know prices are coming back, and there's been a dearth of capital in the energy sector, and so. The few companies that have stayed in the fossil fuel business are doing really well. We're now waking up to the idea that we can't we can't transform from a mostly fossil fuel driven economy and world to a non-carbon world overnight. That's going to take some time, which means these fossil fuel businesses are going to continue to do well despite being crushed market cap wise for the last few years. So it's time for energy to make a bit of a comeback because it's been so beaten down on the whole ESG thing. And while everyone, I think, you know, not everyone, but most people believe ESG is a good thing. You have to recognize it's going to take a while to, to really get there, in which case these energy stocks are really extremely undervalued. And so energy in the sweet spot, real estate in the sour spot, and investors who ignore macro fundamentals, well, they're the ones who are headed for trouble. They're going to miss the opportunities or step into the wrong ones. And that's why they're in the danger zone. David Trainer, great stuff. Thanks as always for joining me. My pleasure, Chuck. Great to be with you. David Trainer is founder and president at New Constructs. You can check out their research at newconstructs.com and on Twitter or X at New Constructs. David's on Twitter too. He is at the real DTrain37. And Money Life will be right back. We're heading for home. Up next, it's market call time. Peter Tuz from Chase Investment Council. We'll be talking growth at a reasonable price when we come back in just a moment. Oh, wow. This is actually pretty dangerous. 